1: And, and this, this is DBT and Me. Hello, all. It's funny. We're doing a bunch of recording, and I keep wanting to say what time it is. Like, good afternoon. Um, but, <laughs> you, you know, whatever. It's good. irrelevant. It's irrelevant. <laughs> good day or night, sirs and madams. Um, so today we are starting off a two-part episode, um, or I guess two episodes that are all on the same topic. I don't know how to put it. Anyway, um, (laughs) on mindfulness, um, which, I don't know if you've been uh, slightly not under a rock, a lot of it, mindfulness is being talked about a lot these days in sort of pop culture um, and in psychology. It's a big thing. Um, But also, since the beginning of um, DBT, mindfulness has been... Um, a really foundational skill so right along there with wise mind I would say that just mindfulness in general is going to be pretty foundational to everything yeah going on in the
0: next are really important with the things we're going to be talking about and these are concepts that kind of come up repeatedly as we go through some of the other skills
1: um. So yeah, it's 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 a big deal, and uh, we highly recommend. I think these are also useful just outside of DBT, just mindfulness in general. Also, if there's a sudden crash or someone exclaims, uh, "My cat is in the room," I'm holding Jim back <laughs> from getting to the microphone.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> Don't so
1: <do> <laughs> if the microphone suddenly you know topples off the table, we apologize. And cats, because that's what happens with cats. Um. <laughs> Also, if I just start laughing at Michelle. Uh, so, let's see. Really briefly, what is, what, what is mindfulness? Is mindfulness? Uh, <laughs> jinx. Um, uh, Jon Kabat-Zinn, who is in many ways one of the fathers of mindfulness, as it is used currently in Western culture, um, defines mindfulness as paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. Um, I do think it's worth an aside right now just saying that mindfulness has been around for all thousands of years thousands. Um, <laughs> mainly as part of practices in eastern culture so um if when I say you know John Kabat-Zinn was the father it really is in in western canon um specifically psychology um not as a concept in general because um things like meditation and other <laughs> have been going on for thousands of years. We, we certainly didn't invent this shit. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that John Kabat-Zinn sums it up nicely, right? It's about paying attention. Um, it's about being open and present in the moment. Um, I do think it's important to say that it's not just meditation. Mm-hmm. It's not just sitting quietly and clearing your mind. Um, and even mindfulness, uh, we were just saying this in a group the other day, mindfulness doesn't have to be about being calm, yeah. Right? You can be mindfully grieving. You can be mindfully angry. You can be mindfully anxious, right? It doesn't, you don't have to be in a sort of, I don't know, I think that sort of, um, right? Quiet, centered, <laughs> calm, tranquil, right? Like, like, you do not have to be any of those things to be, um, quote unquote, correctly. Yeah. Uh, practicing mindfulness. Do you have anything else to
0: add about just what mindfulness is before we go into the particular skills? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like it's easier to talk about, <laughs> yeah, what mindfulness isn't, or I guess, you know, you're touching on what I think is really important, some of the cliches or the stereotypes out there around what mindfulness looks like, which is a very narrow view of it. Um, because one of the things that I think it's really important to keep in mind with mindfulness is that it's not necessarily about getting rid of all the bad, icky, like painful stuff. That is not the goal of mindfulness no. at all. And I feel like sometimes people think that that's the goal is to yeah reach that zen place where nothing feels wrong or bad. And <laughs> no, you no. will get very disappointed over and over if when you're practicing mindfulness you're doing it with that goal. Because mindfulness is also really about not getting attached too strongly to what's going on in the moment like mindfulness is about being able to let things come and go mindfulness is about not trying to pick and choose yeah being open to just what is yeah yep if you're like okay i'm feeling um yeah grief around this thing but my grief feels really uncomfortable so I'm going to try to, you know, yeah, be still and meditate and help my grief go away. Nope. Mindfulness, the true intention of it is to really feel that grief mm-hmm. and to really be aware of it rather than to push it away or to say, oh, that's the stuff I don't want and this is the stuff I do want. Um, Mindfulness is really about just being open to our current experience, and sometimes our current experience feels really unpleasant mm-hmm. or uncomfortable. And mindfulness is a way to help us learn to sit with that, which in our society, at least here in the United States, is not encouraged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be happy all the time, or you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> mindfulness takes a very different approach, um, which basically, yeah, takes in this notion that anything that we feel is there for some reason even if we don't know what that reason is and to not try to cling to it or to push it away just to let it be as it is for as long as it's there and then it'll probably pass at some point almost surely it will pass at some point and then something else new will come in um but it's about i think also of the word like intentional yes um like mindfulness is about really trying to notice and be intentional about what we're doing in our day and where our attention is. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because so often we just move really quickly through the world, and we're not doing that pausing, like that we talked about. On the Wise Mind episode, we're just moving and we're not really noticing. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness is all about noticing. And there's tons of different ways to do it.
1: I also think, like, sometimes there's, you know, for just people on a day-to-day basis, you know, struggles with attention. Either we have a hard time paying attention to what we want to pay attention to Mm -hmm. or, like, letting go of something we don't want to be so focused on, right? We might be hyper-focused on something that we and we really need to, you know, pan out and take in more of the experience, not be stuck in this one thought loop or this one thing that we're focused on. Yeah. Um. Or maybe we're super scattered and we could really use some help, like, bringing it into the moment and into the task at <laughs> hand. And so um, I think one thing mindfulness helps is is that balance between the two. You're not hyper-focused, but you're also not scattered, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of just in the present moment. And yeah. With it.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to think about it. And like you just said, Kate, like kind of knowing which you might need more of mm-hmm. <laughs> in your life just based off of your personality or your circumstances. Do you need mindfulness to help you, yeah, slow down, kind of... Bring um, it in. <laughs> yeah, like center you, focus you on one thing <laughs> for a little while to really ground you or do you need mindfulness to help you, yeah, pan out, see more of what's mm-hmm. going on and...
1: I do think it's worth, uh, I know we said that it's a two-parter, but um, I think it's worth saying that today we're going to be talking about, like, the what Mm -hmm. of mindfulness. Um, And if at the end of this you're uh, left going, yeah, but how, Kate and Michelle, (laughs) uh, that's part two. (laughs) Hold your breath.
0: Yeah, Kate's exactly right. Like, DBT really, there are six skills, and DBT divides them into two sets of three, more or less. Um, Yeah, they call the three that we're going to talk about today the what skills. They call the three we're going to talk about next episode the how skills. So we're kind of splitting it up into two different episodes the same way that DBT splits it up. Uh Um, So basically today with the what skills, I don't know. Kate, you can give me your thoughts, too, if you have ideas around this but I feel like the wet skills are very much like the nuts and bolts of mindfulness mm. like if you're doing these three things or even just one of these three things mm-hmm. like you're being mindful like at its core if you really boil down mindfulness it's these three things is what I feel like. <laughs> you just <laughs> gave me a <laughs> Well, because, you know, not to, not to
1: foreshadow much. Um, but I do feel like... How you like, do these things is important. Well, just the non-judgmentally. I mean, not that yeah. the other ones aren't important also. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you miss the non-judgmentally part of part two so we'll get into that more <laughs> later, um, that that, that you're, you're still missing a, a an essential mm-hmm. kind of component. So I would say yeah, that that, that one, if I had to carve out four DBT skills, I would leave the other two and just squish that one in with today's stuff, <laughs> um, and then I think we'd have it covered. So, otherwise, mostly I agree with mm-hmm. what you were saying, but I do feel like that one little <laughs> part, It would be hard to be remiss if we, if it wasn't. Yeah,
0: that is a key piece of being mindful because you can do the three things we're going to talk about today. And it's also really important to notice how you're doing them because you're wanting to do these things in a particular mindful way.
1: Yeah. And if you're Um, being super snarky or super self-recriminating or super, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. it's not going to be
0: serving the same purpose. Yes, this is true. Um, So, the three, I'm just going to name them, and then we'll start getting into them. So, the three what skills that we are talking about today, the first is observe, the second is describe, the third is participate. Um, And I think DBT argues that these build on themselves, like, first you Mm -hmm. observe, then you describe, then you participate. Like, if you're not observing, there's no way you're going to get to participating (laughs) that you have to start with observe is I think what dbt would argue but so much of these three things happen simultaneously all at once so um you know it may be something where you notice that, like, Kate, I think we'll talk about this probably a little bit. <laughs> Kate talks about, I'm sorry, I'm putting, like, words in your mouth, but, like, you, you've said it a lot, that, like, yeah. it's really hard for you to just observe without describing. Yes. But that does not mean in any way that you are flunking mindfulness <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just because you, like, don't Thinkin just words. observe yeah. or that kind of a thing. Yep. Um. But these do kind of build on each other, and it all starts with observing. And... The idea behind observing is really to just take in with your five senses what is taking place around you. And also, you can be observant of what's going on with your internal experience, which we've already talked a little bit about with um, Wise Mind and with, I think, too, a little bit of the Willing Hands of the House smile. of just being aware of what you are experiencing. So you can observe any number of things. And again, it's kind of up to you. There isn't really, I feel like, a right or wrong way to do this. You can either decide to really narrow in and observe something very specific Mm -hmm. and particular and really channel your energy and your focus on one thing (laughs) that you want to observe. Or you can kind of take in and observe the big picture of whatever may be going on around you. And with observe, I think it's important to know because, again, to debunk that myth that mindfulness and meditation are the exact same thing and the meditation mm-hmm. is the only way to practice mindfulness. Yeah. Um, if you are meditating or have your eyes closed while you're practicing mindfulness, which, I mean, we often encourage during closing moments – So you may be like, well, how can I observe if I have my eyes closed? But five senses. (laughs) I have a bunch more than just vision. And this is the other thing is how often do we really notice the smells Mm -hmm. in our environment? How often do we really taste the food we eat? You know, we're just typically like rushing. Yeah, we're rushing and we're eating as fast as possible. And we're not really fully observing what's going on around us with our five senses as nearly as often as we might think that we are
1: well and if we close our eyes that also because we tend to be so such like sight-oriented folk mm-hmm. um it can really help open you up to observing your internal world too mm-hmm. right That's which remember whatever is or isn't going on in your external world i mean i think you know the se- sensory deprivation tanks are a big fad <laughs> right now Yeah, all right You're as, as little coming into your senses as possible so that mm-hmm. you know you really are opened up to being able to thoroughly observe your internal world Mm -hmm. and workings
0: yeah yep um and this is something that kate and i often say about mindfulness and this i think feels like a pretty good time to insert this in here before we go further with this mindfulness discussion um if you begin to hold yourself to an expectation (laughs) (laughs) Kate spraying the cat that came in the room with a water bottle. Um, (laughs) If you guys can hear that sound (laughs) in the background, you're like, what is that (laughs) squinting? Nothing
1: happening here. (laughs) Pay no attention to the cat that I'm about to kick out. Pay no attention
0: to Jen in the corner. Um, (laughs) But when it comes to mindfulness is that it is not something that can be expected of ourselves to do it all the time. Gosh, no. No, no, no. That is not what we're suggesting. And I realize that as I'm starting to talk about this observe skill that people might be wondering, like, in the back of their minds, like, okay, am I just expected to, like, become hyper? (laughs) like, have my... Yeah, hyper aware to have all my senses be on high alert all the time so that I'm taking in all these things that I've maybe been missing for a while. And the answer is no. Um, It's really important with mindfulness to figure out how to bring this into your life in moderation in a way that feels doable for you, in a way that won't feel too taxing, or like it's too big of a task, it's really important to bring this in in small doses. And observing can be a good way to do this because there are so many different things that we can pick and choose to observe. And so it may be that you decide that the next meal you eat you're going to try to just slow down with how fast you're eating and just really notice and observe how good the food taste and what it what it tastes like would you say (laughs) i said ideally how good it is but at least what it it tastes like (laughs) what it tastes like yes that's a good way to put it what
1: the textures are if it's hot Mm. or cold you know all that sort
0: of stuff yeah you can choose to go i mean walks are great for observing if we just get out in nature which we so often do not do in our culture nowadays we're inside in front of screens a lot and if you just decide to go for a five minute walk and just observing you know, the clouds in the sky or whatever's Mm -hmm. around you, just noticing, um, can really change our experience of something. Um, but if you're like choosing five minutes a day to do this, you are a winner. Yes, you are (laughs) a winner (laughs) because it's harder than you think it is. It's harder to actually try to, you know, get the distractions and worries out of our minds and to just again, like use our five senses to observe what's happening in the present moment. It's really hard to just focus on the here and the now and to observe what's around us and to, excuse me, like really, I don't know, I feel like to be still in that way. Um, But you can decide to, again, observe during Usual daily activities, like I mentioned, eating, Mm -hmm. um, observing while you're driving, (laughs) (laughs) which again, we can zone out a lot when we're driving. um, But really just picking, you know, something to try this out with in a really small dose and just noticing how it changes your experience of that activity if you're really being observant and noticing what it's like when you're paying attention to what your five senses are feeling with that.
1: I think it kind of piggybacks into the next um, skill, which is described, but a pretty common sort of early on mindfulness activity is to pick an object mm-hmm. of some sort and to really focus in on just that object mm-hmm. and noticing as much about it as you uh, safely, uh, can, mm-hmm. All right. Don't eat inedible things. The, um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but right. So, I mean, it can, I think, you know, Michelle did a beautiful job of mentioning this, but you know, it can be a broad observance, mm-hmm. um, or it can be a narrow observance. Um, but either way, you know, whatever you want to choose to do and whatever you need more help with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe just catching in particular times of your day when you might feel like particularly fatigued or distracted, or... (laughs) Like disconnected. Disconnected. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like noticing for yourself kind of the natural rhythms that you go through during your day. And again, if in those moments you can muster it up to just observe and be mindful for a moment of what's happening, it can really make things different. Um, Because I know I've had this experience when I've gone in a room tons of times and then one day I go in and I'm like, wait, is that new? Or like, I have never even noticed this thing. <laughs> you do know, people do that
1: to you in your office. That happens to me in my office all yeah, the time. You'd well, be like, has that giant painting been above the couch forever? And the answer is yes. Yeah, it's always it, it been has there. always been there. It's um, not always very absurd, you, know, I, you know, a year and three months ago when you first started <laughs> seeing me it was also
0: here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I think the thing like that I Think about – and Kate, you can tell me if you have different thoughts on this before we really move on to talking about describe. But, like, final thoughts on observe is that when we really observe and notice something, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just feel like, for me, the experience that I tend to have with that when I'm really noticing is that, one, I kind of feel more in my wise mind. Mm -hmm. But, two, I also just maybe enjoy that thing. More, I feel like that just naturally. I can happens. see that. I think Sorry. I have like a, more yeah.
1: of a sense of wonder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like about almost anything. Like yeah. if I think hard enough about it, I'm like,
0: "Holy shit!" Yeah, like <laughs> that one little thing is like so amazing. Yeah, like just
1: anything, yeah. right? Anything mm-hmm. out in nature, or even just things that are constructed or part of our homes or mm-hmm. our bodies or whatever, right? Yeah. I just think the more open we are to the fullness of the experience the better, I don't know, not the better, but the, the the cooler everything becomes, Yeah, if that makes any sense. Cool. Um, so we're going to move on to uh, observe, no. Describe. <laughs> Describe, whatever, man. So close. Um, right, I'm just, like, they go things. together quite nicely. They do, Well, and for me, I mean, I think Michelle hinted at this, they are inextricable. Uh, one of the things in the actual DBT workbook for Observe, just going back into Michelle's mm-hmm. thing for half a moment, it says, practice wordless watching. Um, I don't have pictures in my brain. Like, I don't think visually at all. Like, zip, zero, zilch. So, everything, every thought I ever have is in words. (laughs) So, I'm not sure I'm capable of observing without describing, because... As soon as I notice a thing and think about it, it's in my head in words. Um, Anyway, that always irritates me um, about this. But, um, again, they sort of talk about it like it stacks, but in, as Michelle said earlier, I think they really go together. So, talking about describe, basically that is put words to what you are experiencing. Right? And this is, um, we are hinting again, I think, a little bit at next podcast but right so we're gonna try and avoid words that are super judgmental right so things like um right this is a bad tree i don't know Mm. what it did wrong but its leaves are too brown i don't know it's a bad horrible tree it's treeing inappropriately (laughs) right we're trying so we're not we're not trying to be judgmental of either our environment of our or our or of ourselves jiminy christmas um so, for instance, if I'm um, working on observing my internal state and I notice maybe that I'm feeling really anxious, um, you know, ideally I'd say something, you know, inter- in my internal. Monologue like, oh, I really notice a feeling of anxiety. Um, I notice this most by having, you know, my chest feels tight and I feel a little bit nauseated in my stomach Um, or something like that. I wouldn't want to say there's that stupid feeling of anxiety that I'm plagued with because I'm an idiot and can't do my homework from therapy anyway, and what good is it, right? Now we're not doing mindfulness. (laughs) So, right, we just kind of want to stay fact fact-based in our uh, description of things. Um, So this is basically, I don't know, we want to be factual and less interpretive, I think is another point to make. So, um, which again sort of hooks in with not being so judgmental. Um, So again, just what are you feeling? What is coming into your senses? Um, Not, um, I don't know, the the river is brown. Uh not something, you know, getting lost in a uh, Why internal... is the
0: river so dirty? Yeah, why is
1: the river so dirty? I bet it's that. nest. you know, whatever. <laughs> like, not an interpretation, but just a fact. The river is brown. Right? Mm-hmm. The river is moving quickly. Um so it's 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 really just hooking into the observe that you're already doing and allowing yourself to to label your experience um as humans we tend to experience things more fully when we can put some sort of word to it, some sort of description, some sort of label. Yeah. helps us think about it more precisely, um, more accurately.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you touched on, Kate, even though DBT talks about this idea, there's a cat meowing at the door, <laughs> if y'all can hear that, Um even though, did a paw just come under the yes. door? Yes. Um, no, he's, he's so not going to leave and, us alone
1: until we let him back in. Hold on. And then you he keep not us alone because either.
0: It's just, you know. Yes. He feels left out. Um, but it's one of those. Okay, he's actually coming. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, um, now I got to get back on my train of thought, Jen. just hopped in cage chair too. Of course. But when it comes to like this idea of wordless watching, I mean, our brains are always thinking our brains are, and our brains process things in language. That's part of our unique experience of being human beings is that we get the gift of language. And so if we do set a really high bar for ourselves of like, I'm just going to notice and I'm not going to think any words. um, It's a really difficult, challenging task. And I think it's one of those things where, um, Kate, maybe this is a time to talk about meditating badly. Oh, yeah. Um, because our brains, while we're practicing mindfulness, as much as we want to talk about observing and really you know, noticing with our senses what's going on around us, we will often feel distracted when we're trying to do this for the first time or even for the 101st time. Um, distractions are common because that's how our brains work. work. <laughs> um, we're thinking lots of things at once. And to quiet our minds is really something that takes a lot of practice. It's like going to the gym and having to like do reps. Do reps. It's like that with mindfulness before our brain. Yep. Every
1: time your mind wanders off or anytime you start getting judgmental when you don't want to be or whatever. You know, anytime Mm -hmm. you're slipping away from the quote unquote ideal of what mindfulness is, that instead of being a failure or a thing to get frustrated or angry about that is an opportunity to practice bringing your mind back mm-hmm. to what you're trying to do. And every time you get that opportunity to go, oh, my mind wandered off again, or oh, whoop, I'm getting judgmental, or whatever it is, that's like, as Michelle was saying, it's like going to the gym, right? It's like doing a rep with weightlifting. You are just practicing flexing the proverbial muscles mm-hmm. of your mind. Um, Which gives you practice, right? And um, actually, amusingly enough, having a cat in my lap right now does bring me up to my favorite analogy for it, which is like playing with kittens, right? They might try and run off and they have their own ideas about where they are and what they should be doing. Um, but you maybe have a different idea So you, you know, the kitten tries to run it, Scamper off, you grab it and you put it back Where you want it, and it tries to run off again And you grab it and you put it back where you want it And maybe the third time it really bolts But you're bigger and faster anyway So you pick it up and put it back where you want it And you're not yelling at the cat, you're not calling it stupid You're not, you know, being judgmental of it It's just catting yeah, The way that it is supposed to cat Um, and you are just gently And maybe even playfully Uh, bringing it back to what you had in mind for it to be doing. Um, And so the same idea is how to treat your own brain. Oh, it wandered off again. I'm going to bring it back to what I'm trying
0: to do. Maybe it wanders off 36 times in the first 60 (laughs) seconds. That's fine. Yep, that's okay. Um, And I think that the reason why this is important to bring up with describe is because, one, our brains are thinking in words, and we can maybe put, like, some pressure, some expectation ourselves to, like, I just need to describe the thing that I'm trying to observe when our mind is trying to probably play out <laughs> or describe More any things. number of other things. Yeah, I just actually read this the other day in a book that I'm reading. Um, it's called When Things Fall Apart by, mm. I'm probably going to say her name wrong, Pima Chodron? I think I'm saying it wrong. Pep, yeah, Pima Chodron. I think yeah, that might be right. Um, so anyways, it's about some ideas with Buddhism and things like that and she talks a lot about mindfulness. And one of the things she talked about and this fits into to describe actually pretty nicely is when you notice your mind like drifting, getting distracted, wandering mm-hmm. to other things to just say the word thinking. Hmm. <laughs> to just say thinking. Because that's what your brain's doing in that moment. It's thinking about all these other things. And that that can be a nice way to just bring it back and to reground yourself. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think, like, describe is really important because, again, we can – and. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about being non-judgmental next week for sure. But we, this is the point I feel like. Okay, maybe we got the observing down. Yeah. But how we describe what we're observing. Yeah. And how we describe what might be distracting us from what we're trying to observe. Like this is a really critical point. juncture. Yeah, in, in practicing, Yeah. Mm-hmm, of how we handle the descriptions. So, um, anything else you want to add on? No, I feel like okay. describe
1: is a little bit. Has the brevity? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, describe the things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so the final part, I guess, that we're going to talk about today with the what skills of mindfulness is participate. So again, if up until this point today you've thought, well, mindfulness means that I'm sitting and I'm being still and I'm not doing anything <laughs> except you know observing and describing my thoughts. There's a lot more to mindfulness besides. That um, Our bodies are always working. Our bodies are always um, pumping blood to and from our heart. Our bodies are breathing in and out. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are always like doing. Doing, yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to being mindful, sometimes for many people, the best way to be mindful is to be mindful while you're doing something. Sitting still. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to makes you work makes for me them. more distracted. Yeah, it could definitely do that. Um, so this third part of participate is all about being able to be mindful. I guess kind of in the way that we're moving or doing an activity is how I think about it. Um, when we're in the process of doing something, again we according to dbt we start by observing then we maybe put some words on it but how do we actually get into the activity if there is a way to get into Mm. it how do we engage with the thing (laughs) that we're observing and describing if that's something that we want to do um how can we go beyond just observing with our senses and actually um yeah add movement to it i guess you could say if you want to
1: i think about yeah also just being like um. It, it, yeah, it, oh, I don't want to put that. If you, if the thing you're doing is does involve movement, if it involves, then it, yeah. then I don't know. I, my one of my favorite thoughts is like doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because how often are you actually thinking about the dishes that you're doing, right? How often are you noticing the temperature of the water, or the smell of the dish soap, or anything else, right? Most of the time, I think we're Planning what we're going to, you know, make for breakfast the next morning or we're, you know, what are we going to do at work or what time do we have to leave the house or what are we going to wear or, like, our thoughts are very much elsewhere. Um, Yeah. And so I feel like observing and describing is one way to make sure we're participating fully in whatever mm-hmm. it is we're doing because if we're observing and describing the dishes the and the of soap participating and the, yeah it like people. again yeah. with the whole like like it just mm-hmm. sucks them all into one yeah. uh thing which makes it really hard to separate them out and have yeah. them make sense but
0: yeah and what kate's talking about is really important which is that there's so many things we do each and every day on total autopilot mm-hmm. we drive on autopilot a lot of the times as scary as that is We shower on autopilot. We get dressed on autopilot. We eat on autopilot. And again, we're not sitting here saying, now you're going to slow down and you're (laughs) going to really observe and describe and participate with every moment of your day. No, we're not saying that. What we are saying is that if we actually find times when we are fully participating in the thing that we're doing, then it can be, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe a more impactful experience, Mm. perhaps, in some ways. Like, one of the things that I know I fall into a lot is that when I'm watching TV, Mm -hmm. the minute that a commercial comes on, um, like, on my tablet, when I can't fast forward through the commercials, (laughs) I'm immediately doing something else. So I'm not, like, participating with the activity that I'm doing, which is watching TV. I'm out of that, Mm -hmm. and I've started doing something else totally different. And they've done tons of studies that actually show we're more multitasking. We're not. We're not. Like, it (laughs) actually really sets us back. We do things slower when we're trying to do two things at once rather than doing one thing at a time. And ultimately, I feel like that's kind of what Participate is getting at is this idea of doing one thing at a time, which Uh we're going to talk about a little bit more (laughs) next week um, because all these six skills bleed in together pretty nicely. But when you're doing the dishes – Like, do the dishes. (laughs) You know, really focus on the experience of what that is without getting distracted. It doesn't mean you need to do it any slower, really, any different. Oh, yeah, you don't have to change how you do it. You don't have to change how you do it. Just maybe noticing. And you will be really surprised if you do put forth an effort to actually do one thing at a time, how often we are doing two things at once. Like, we do it so much. That if you actually try to just really be with the activity that you're doing, it can feel like a whole whole new ball game. <laughs> I also so feel like
1: it takes away the excuse of, I don't have time to practice mindfulness.
0: hmm <laughs> Lol. Yes, <laughs> yes. You
1: do. You do. Because you can do it at any time while with doing anything. anything. Mm-hmm. So, I can't possibly practice mindfulness. I have too many chores to do today. <laughs> like, try again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Be mindful of the chore you're doing, right? Like, there's no... Practicing mindfulness does not require setting aside any time to do anything differently than you're already doing on the surface. It's Mm -hmm. about approaching the activity from a different place internally, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, Because, yeah, when we really set forth an intention of, like, I'm going to be mindful while I do this thing, it... It really does it makes the experience feel new and unique even if we've done it a hundred times before then it feels different and sometimes there are going to be certain moments in your life um, neither Kate or I are parents Mm -hmm. um, but I think about like things when you have kids like you want to be sometimes so intentional like forming these memories with them or when you're playing with them you want to really play with them And when we're distracted or just kind of going through the motions, then it's like, oh, I feel like I missed out or I don't really remember. Or again, it's not Not really connected. Yeah, not really connected. So really picking like times or activities in your life where you're like, this is a thing that I want to be mindful of. Like for me, I was a dancer for a long time. And so whenever I go to the ballet, that's an experience where I really try to put my mindfulness skills to work Mm -hmm. because I want to fully take in what the dancers are doing on the stage. I want to really feel present. And, yeah, I notice my mind wandering sometimes, but I just try to bring it back to, like, notice what's happening right in front of you so that I feel like I'm fully participating with the the activity, even though I'm just really sitting and observing it. Um, But it's the same thing that when, like, I also have done, like, contra dancing a couple times. Mm. It's a call and response dance, similar to square dancing. But, like, when you're actually doing the thing, you want to be ideally like fully tuned in. So just start noticing and picking and choosing some times or areas of your life where you're like, I really want to make the most of this experience. Um, Yeah, so in terms of homework this week, that's more or less what our homework (laughs) is gonna be for you. Um, And again, this doesn't have to be with anything crazy. Um, Some of the really common things that Kate and I recommend in the DBT groups when we talk about mindfulness like showering yeah is a big one <laughs> we recommend because showering really involves so much of our senses um there's smells there's the feel of the water um sounds sounds textures yeah yeah so really just be mindful of your next showering experience as one example which
1: one way of um trying helping yourself ensure that you'll be paying more attention is shower out of order um, I promise you that with almost absolute certainty, you wash your body parts in the same order every time you shower. So just consciously stop and do something different than it's your first impulse to do. It's hilarious. It's really difficult and it's fun.
0: Yep. <laughs> so this could be with anything. This could be with showering. This could be with cooking. This could be with eating. Again, we eat every single mm-hmm. day. So if you just decide, okay, the first bite of food that, I'm ta- that I taste, I'm going to be mindful of what this bite is feels like um, just finding a moment with any kind of activity that you do in your day-to-day life to just be mindful of it and see what happens and how it feels um so that's kind of i don't know maybe that homework is a little vague but i think it's vague on purpose we yes. want to leave it really open so that you have lots of things to pick from And, again, if you just, Kate, Kate, I think, said it earlier, if you're doing mindfulness five minutes a day, you're winning. Yes, you are (laughs) an absolute winner. If you do mindfulness five minutes within the week, you're winning. Um, Pick something really small to start with and to just try out. Don't set too high of a bar for yourself.
1: (laughs) Yep, and uh, as Michelle said earlier, please do it badly. Yep. Because it's a lot better than not doing it at all.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Don't be too hard on yourself if you feel like you're struggling with it because we're designed to struggle. Um, So the last thing that I'm going to say before we go into uh, Kate's closing moment for today's episode, uh, Kate and I realized that our last two episodes, (laughs) we left out some very important information. Um, We mentioned it in our very first episode, but not the last two. So we have an email address, and we would love to hear from you guys. Um, the email address is simply dbt dbtandmepodcast at gmail.com. All one word. No funny periods or dashes or anything like that. dbtandmepodcast at gmail. And in terms of what we'd like to hear about from you guys, if you are trying out the skills that we're teaching and you're struggling Ask us questions. Explain to us what's going on for you. And we would love to take some time in a future episode to troubleshoot it, I guess, in a way. Because chances are you are not alone Mm -hmm. with (laughs) perhaps struggling to get it down or use it in the way that you want to. So if you have questions or concerns about using the skills, we want to hear those. The other thing we want to hear about is that if there's just a certain area or situation in your life where you feel like you're really struggling write to us about it tell us what's going on in your life the difficult situation that you might be dealing with and we might reference it in a future podcast protecting your identity of course but we may reference it in a future podcast because we really want to use real life examples to help talk about the skills like we can sit here and tell you what they are but we want it to be clear how you can apply these yeah
1: to real world experiences
0: Yeah, so write to us with, um, yeah, questions about the skills specifically. Write to us just about what's going on in your life. Ooh, success stories, too. Yes! If you're like, hey, Michelle and Kate, I started using Wise Mind, and I've been doing my willing hands, and it's changing my life. Oh, we definitely (laughs) want to hear that. Um, So really, it's a mixed bag. Anything you want to share with us, anything you want to tell us, we want to hear from you. So that's our email address, and, yeah, send us an email if you feel so inclined. Okay, I've been talking a lot. You have I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so, um, yeah, so get
1: comfy in the chair, which will creak and squeak because that's what they do. Um, and I, this is one of my favorites. I get to do the body scan today. So, um, as per usual, to start with, I'm just going to ask everyone to tune into their breath. Get comfy in the seat. I guess I forgot to say that part. Close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. And just notice your breathing. You don't have to change it. You don't have to breathe any more slowly or quickly. Or any more deeply or shallowly than you are naturally. Just notice. Just bring your focused awareness into your breath. And let your breath bring you into your body. And into the moment. And now, I'd like you to take that same focused, gentle awareness and take it down into your feet. You might notice the weight of your legs pressing your feet into the floor. You might notice if you're wearing any socks or shoes, if you can feel where that fabric is touching you or where it's pressing against your foot. You can notice if your feet are warm or if they're cold. If they're sore or tired, if they feel antsy, there's no right or wrong answers, no judgment to be had, just information to take in, just checking in with that part of your body and seeing what it has to say. Next, I'm going to invite you to take that same awareness and bring it up into your ankles, your shins, your calves, your knees, your whole lower leg. Here you might notice if you're wearing pants or shorts or skirt, where the fabric ends, what part of your skin is or isn't exposed. Any difference in temperature there? You might notice if your legs are pressed up against any piece of furniture, there's any tension in the muscles or any pain or soreness. Again, no right, no wrong, just information. Just opening up a dialogue with that part of our body and checking in, seeing what's going on. Now we're going to move our focused attention up again. Now into our thighs, our hips, our pelvis, and our buttocks. Here you'll probably notice where your weight settles into whatever it is you're sitting on. You might notice the texture of whatever clothing you're wearing or the texture of whatever you're sitting on. You might notice if your skin is warmer where it's pressed up against the furniture and cooler where it isn't. Whatever you can or can't feel is perfectly all right. It is exactly how it's supposed to be. You just want to notice. We're just checking in. We're just seeing what's going on in that part of our body. Now we're going to move our attention up again. This time into our abdomen and our lower back. It's not uncommon for folks to feel some amount of emotion hanging out in this part of the body. If so, just gently welcome that information like you would anything else going on in that part of you. Here you may start to notice the rhythm of your breath. You might notice if you're warm or cold, if your muscles are tense or relaxed, if there's any pain or fatigue in this part of your body. No right, no wrong. Everything absolutely as it's supposed to be, which is just giving you information. Just a way of tuning in and being in your body and being in the moment. And now we're going to bring that awareness up again, this time into our chest, our shoulders, and upper back. Here, you almost certainly feel your breath to one extent or another you might even notice the temperature of the air as it moves in and out of your lungs this is also a part of the body where a lot of people carry tension in the muscles in their back or shoulders you might notice if that's true for you today it's also common to experience some forms of emotion in these parts of the body So just gently welcome that information along with all the other sensations coming to you from this part of your body. Just about tuning in, just about noticing, just about welcoming whatever information your body has to share with you. Now we're going to take that same attention and we're going to move it down and out along our whole arms, all the way down to our hands. You might notice if you're wearing any sleeves, where they stop. If there's any difference in temperature where your skin is exposed versus where it's covered. You might notice what your hands are touching, whatever it is that they're resting on. The texture or temperature or movement of whatever it is that you're touching. You might notice if there's any muscle tension, or any fatigue or soreness. Any urge to move, or any urge to stay still. No correct or incorrect. All just information to be welcomed. To be noticed. To be seen and recognized. Just about checking in and allowing your body to have a voice when maybe we usually turn it out last but not least we're gonna take our attention up into our neck and our head and our face here you might notice if you breathe through your nose or through your mouth you might notice the temperature of the air as it moves Through your throat and into your lungs. You might notice if your jaw is tense or if it's relaxed. Notice if other parts of your face are carrying any tension or making any particular expression. Notice if there's any tension or soreness in your neck or throat. Notice if there's any sense of emotions or other thoughts playing around in your mind right now. If so, just gently welcome them and bring your attention back into the sensations from your body. Here you might notice what it is that you are hearing. What are the noises in your environment right now? You might notice if there's anything to smell or to taste in whatever setting that you're in. It's just a time to welcome whatever information is coming into your body, whatever information is already in that part of your body, waiting to be discovered, waiting to be noticed, waiting to be welcomed. And now I'd like to ask you to take a couple of slow and deep breaths and kind of gently allow your awareness to permeate the whole of your body and then to slowly bring it back into your breath you might start to move your body rolling your ankles or your wrists or your head and shoulders and just allow yourself to slowly come back into the present moment into the room and when you feel ready you can open your eyes
0: and have a good rest of your day Thanks, everybody. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.